Listeners, remember when everyone was doing juice cleanses and was basically hangry all the time? Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Rose partners handle all the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. This means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Roe co slash clink sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that medication costs are separate that's ro.co slash clink hey guys hello before this episode starts we have something to tell you of course we do (laughs) (laughs) we want to tell you that we changed our name. We did? What is it? (laughs) We did. Because, you know, we changed a lot of diapers. We changed a lot of our cocktails. We do. We do. And like fine wine, we get better with time. I certainly hope so. So where our new name is Housewives of True Crime. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, white wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like white wine, true crime, and in bed by nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are... Housewives of True Crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. It's Tab. And Gretch. <laughs> and Gretch. <laughs> really like, surprised. How the hell are Who we else would it be? Why don't you, Gretchy Poo, tell us about your neighbor, Gretchy? Oh God, this this. is yeah. Okay, I was telling Tab about this earlier today. So I just moved. Yep, into suburbia. Into suburbia, which is going to make me sound bratty. I don't like suburbia. No, that's not how I roll. Kind of like the boho. Remember, we were talking about Ohio. She likes like that kind of living. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just it. It. I like suburbia. (laughs) Tab loves suburbia. I. Like real shitty houses that are falling apart. This is what my husband always says. I like things. Oh, I like your cars. Uh huh. Like my cars. Okay. I like my houses. Like I like my cars. <laughs> and your men? No, no. Actually, no, 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 no. My husband is nice and well put together. He He's did. in amazing shape. I kind of hate him right now because he is in such good shape. He's like ripped. Because he's climbing a mountain, so he's been doing all this training. I am not ripped. It's okay. Yeah. You know, I forgot. This is total side note, but we need to say it. We also need to give out a shout out to our um, other crime con friend, Indy Five Hundred, Julie. Oh yeah. Was her name Julie? Yeah. She hung out with us for a long time, and she was real fun. Um, she was really fun. Okay. So yeah, you moved. You have these new neighbors. I have these new neighbors, and they um, didn't bring you cookies. 
or whatever to say God, welcome no, to the neighborhood. No. What did they bring? No, me? they didn't. They brought me some rocks. They brought me some rocks that my kids had thrown in their yard. <laughs> they actually brought you back the rocks? Yeah. And like a piece of plastic. In a piece of plastic? And no, it, like there was a, a piece bag? of there was a piece of plastic. I don't know what it was. But that it was that the kids threw over. Oh my yeah. God. Come on. They brought it back and in a box with a full page typed note. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, who does that? Do you guys do that? Well, I of course, really to me, not. when it's like typed, that makes me think it's, a, it's like a serial killer. I know. Like you don't want to just like handwrite the note. Or you don't want to just come over and be like, hey, your kids are throwing rocks in my yard. Maybe Which, of course, like, I don't want my kids to throw rocks in their yard. Just come tell me. And maybe, I will make sure that does not happen again. And let me tell you, I laid into my kids and they are not going to do that again. Maybe you should take your ear pods out and actually pay attention to your children. Maybe. You know, I was unpacking. I didn't know they were doing it. I mean, my kids were like, oh, sorry. Yeah, they're not going to do They're just like, you know, it's a new place, you know, like whatever. It's, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal to typewrite a note and then tell them, the, the you thing left for five is, minutes. Okay. The thing is, the note was long. <laughs> okay. And it was like, it was like three paragraphs of scolding me about how, you know, this was unacceptable behavior and, you know. You need to get it together. I need to get it together. And this is their yard and they have a right to their yard. I mean, they really laid it out. And, you know, I agree. But (laughs) I think just a, hey. Hey, hey, maybe they don't do that anymore. Hey, maybe ask your kids not to throw, you know, rocks in the yard. I would have been like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Also, so they live directly behind me. And so they know when I'm home and when I'm not home. I mean, we've got, you know, the doors open and everything. I was gone for like five minutes one day and come back. So I think they waited yeah. for me to leave. They did not want to have a face-to-face. Yeah. Oh, and tell and them then what they the end of the, the note says. And then the end of the note says, I'm sure we'll uh, get together and have a laugh about this, you know, someday. And I'm like, no, we're not going to be laughing and having cocktails ever. And ever because you just scolded me for 99% of this. <laughs> Do you feel me? Oh, my god! I feel like kind of a bad person because I really, it's not cool that my kids threw rocks there. Listen, but you see this? This is what happens with Gretchen. Some, like, just like, you know, her little love tap in the car accident. She gets so butthurt and it, it drives her crazy forever. So, no, it's not okay that your kids threw rocks, but it is okay because they're freaking kids. I know. And get over it, lady. Oh, like, Okay. 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 And you need to get over it also. Be like, shove it. Shove it. Yeah. Shove your, I would have taken the note back and been like, this is unacceptable. (laughs) (laughs) I would never do that. Yeah. And be like, you should never write a note like this to somebody that has three kids that are less than a year apart. And I am totally offended by you. Okay. That's what you got to do next time. You know, she also had the AT&T guy over. They totally <laughs> effed her. She calls me three days in a row, waiting eight hours you each guys, day that the AT&T, AT&T guy. Like, Let me just oh. call them for you. Let like, me just call them me. for you. That is unacceptable. You tell them you cannot wait that long. Oh, my God. I was like, you better give me their phone number and your account number. I'm going to call as you and say, you call me five minutes before you get to my house, and then I will show up. None of that. And I got three months free for you. That's what I would do for you. Yeah, I yeah, know. You know. Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so I'm now I'm fired up. Now she's fired up. Okay, oh my so god! Now, I still want to call. 
Let's keep that energy going. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you guys, today I am going to tell you a story, Gretch, about Rebecca Zahau. Okay. Have you heard of her before? Nope. She's in the news a lot lately because Oxygen is doing a special on this case that just came out. Okay. Um, It happened a few years ago, but they're doing something. And unfortunately, I did not wait to view the entire Oxygen case because, you know, it's a series. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give you the details in about an hour instead of having to, you know, Watch the whole thing. That's good. Because otherwise, if it wasn't on like Ryan's mystery box or bubble guppies, I probably wouldn't hear about it. (laughs) Yeah. So you're welcome. Okay. Thanks. So Rebecca Zahau was born March 15th, 1979 in Burma. Do you know where that is? I sure do. Been there. What? No, you have not. Yeah. Remember when I went to Thailand for the turtles? Yes. I I took a little day trip to Burma. Oh, well, that is interesting because I had no idea where it was. So I had to Google that. And it is in Asia, right above Thailand, like you said, Gretchy. Yep. So when Rebecca was young, her father was actually a freedom fighter. There was some turmoil going on over in Burma. And they fled the country and went to Nepal. They also ended up in Germany where her father was granted political asylum. Okay. Yeah. I mean, pretty cool, right? Intense. It is intense, but it's, you know, interesting. She attended a Christian college in Germany where she met a man from the United States. She was a pretty smart girl and she even spoke six languages. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, jealous. Can't even only speak, can't even speak English properly. I think people that listen to our podcast regularly would agree. I know. We have a real hard time with the word skeptical. Is it skeptical? We always say skeptical. Skeptical. (laughs) I'm going back to first grade. Okay. So she was a smart girl. Anyhow, she met this guy from the US and moved to Arizona with him from Germany, and they quickly married. She was married to this man from 2002 until 2011 and had no kiddos. Hmm. To me, she seemed like kind of a normal, normal girl. There was one incident that I don't even know if it's really worth mentioning, Gretchy, because I don't think it defines her at all, but I'm going to tell you anyhow. In 2009, she was caught shoplifting from Macy's. And she had about $1,000 in jewelry on her at the time. She said that basically she was on a really distressing phone call and walked out without really realizing that it was on her. She pled guilty to a misdemeanor and paid a $500 fine. Okay. If that's like her only thing, I'll give her a pass for that. Yeah, that was definitely her only thing. She started dating a man named Jonas Shacknai. In 2008. My God, Shaq Nizahar. What is the names? We always have the hardest names. I know. Really? Shaq Nye? Shaq Nye. Anyways, I did say 2008. And like I said before, she was married into, until 2011. Okay. So I think that they were separated at the time. And, you know, divorces sometimes take a while to yeah. get done. 
Jonah was a 50-something-year-old CEO for a pharmaceutical company that makes a few products that you like there, Gretchy. Oh, really? Like what? Dysport and Restylane. You know what those are? They're like- Oh, the shit I put on my face? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You did sign those documents, though. Yeah. You did not read them, obviously. Nope. So you can only imagine a CEO for a company that puts a lot of shit in people's faces makes a shit ton of money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He was rolling. It is noted that in the year 2010 alone, he made $6 million. Mm, That's not too shabby. No, it's not. He was also married previously to two different women and had three children from two different relationships. So he had two older kids and then he had uh, one younger little boy, six years old. Okay. With a woman named Dina Romano. Okay. Jonah was married to Dina Romano after his first relationship. That's when he had this little boy, Max, who was six years old. And they had a pretty tumultuous, how do you say that? Tumultuous. Tumultuous. Tumultuous relationship. They had domestic abuse files on both sides, not just Jonah, not just Dina. I think it was pretty toxic. So they divorced. Okay. So Jonah's married to Rebecca now. Jonah is girlfriend is Rebecca. Oh, his girlfriend his is Rebecca. His ex-wife is Dina. Okay. Romano. Well, she's Dina Shacknai, but Dina Romano was her maiden name. Okay. Okay. He lived in Arizona also, and that's where Rebecca lived. And Rebecca and him uh, Jonah met through Rebecca's work. He was a patient where she was an assistant. Okay. Okay. So they start dating and really shortly after they start dating, Rebecca quits her job. I mean, he's a millionaire and she doesn't really need to work. Okay. Right. And she tells her family she quit because she wants to spend more time with Jonah and his children. Rebecca's sister later would say that he that Rebecca was his like glorified nanny. Okay. But I want to just say, I mean, I know if, if my boyfriend had children and he had a shit ton of money and didn't want me to work, I don't, I wouldn't consider myself a nanny. I would just be like, yeah, cool. Just being supportive. Yeah. Yeah. So his older kids did not seem to like her much, but they were in high school teenagers. So it kind of makes sense. But her and Max, the little one, had a great relationship. At one point, she even complained to her family about leaving the relationship because of his older children. But no one ever knows if like Jonah knew about that. Okay. Okay. So around Memorial Day in 2011, they moved from Arizona to a mansion in Colorado called the Sparkles Mansion. Have you heard of this mansion? No. Did I say Colorado? Coronado. Oh, yeah. I did say Coronado. No, I think you said Colorado, but. It's Coronado. Coronado. Coronado is a little tiny island off of the coast of San Diego, and you get there via a bridge. Gretchy and I actually went there in November. We did. That was a fun excursion. It was a fun excursion. We had a fire in our neighborhood, so we had a get out of Dodge. And we went down to Coronado and it was amazing. And this mansion seems to be amazing also. So it's a pretty popular mansion down in Coronado. It's 19,000 square feet. 
Holy cannoli. Yeah, I think there's 27 rooms in the main house oh alone. Oh my gosh. And it That's even, like a city block. I know, it's really crazy. And it has even a guest house in the back. And it's not like a little guest house. The guest house actually had its own address. Oh, geez. Yeah, pretty amazing. So they were going to spend their summer there to get out of the Arizona heat. And a lot of people were welcome. Like his, his kids came in the beginning, his older kids. And Dina actually had a house very close to there so that she could have Max and, and Jonah can have Max shared, you know, custody even in the summertime. So that's what I mean. Like, I think their relationship, Dina, the ex-wife and Jonah was pretty good outside of their marriage. They wanted to keep it, keep it well for little Max. So on one summer day, July 11th, 2011, Rebecca was at home with little Max and her sister, 13-year-old Zena. She was visiting from Missouri. She had just come in the day before and she was going to stay for about two weeks. Jonah took his older kids to the airport to go home with their mother and was at the gym around 10 o'clock. Well, at just around 10 o'clock when Jonah was at the gym, Max was playing around. Zena, the sister, was blow drying her hair upstairs in the bathroom and Rebecca was in the downstairs bathroom when all of a sudden Rebecca hears a big loud noise and the dog barking. She runs out of the bathroom and she finds little Max, the six-year-old, on the floor with a broken chandelier next to him. Rebecca immediately runs to Max, yells for Zena, and begins CPR. Zena little sister calls 911. Now the 911 tapes of Zena's call never were made public. That's weird. I know. I was wondering why. And I, the only reason I can think is because she's a, she's a minor maybe. Oh, maybe. So ambulance comes right away and Rebecca calls Jonah. And although Jonah couldn't fully understand what Rebecca was saying, because she was so distraught and crying and He knew it was serious. And so he left the gym. He was home. I mean, I think the gym was really close. So he was home before they even put Max into the ambulance. At first, they didn't get a heartbeat on Max, but within 25 minutes, they ended up getting a heartbeat. Wow. So you can understand his injuries were pretty severe. Yeah. Nightmare. A nightmare. I mean, I can't even, I can't even tell you how, like even doing this case, even though the crime is not against little Max, I just can't, like, it's really hard for me to do. So Max was taken to one hospital and then taken to another that had like children's ICU. And he was put into a medically induced coma because he had severe brain damage. Now let's Gretchen get into this for one second. No one's really sure what happened. Like how did this little six-year-old go over the balcony of, you know, this, over the balcony of a second floor. Like, how does that happen? And the investigators pretty much said that Max was riding his scooter on the second floor, which is carpeted, like thick pile carpet. Okay. And he catapults himself over the balcony, hitting the chandelier on his way down, like grabbing onto it. Yeah. That seems a little odd. It seems real odd to me. Like, I just don't believe that. Yeah. I can see him maybe thinking he's going to swing from the chandelier. I don't know. First of all, why does a kid 
have a scooter on the second floor of the house, carpeted or not. Yeah. I don't understand that. That would not either. fly in my house. Yeah. It's not, not mine either. Yeah. Like no way would I let them. And like I, I'm I sure if it in the 19,000 square feet, they have a ample backyard area for you to scooter around in. And that they did. Yeah. They did. So I'm not really sure what went on there. And that is also something that people question. Okay. Okay. So from there, Rebecca and Zena were cleaning up the glass. Zena cuts herself. She has to go to the urgent care to get stitches. And then from that point on that day, Rebecca basically kind of just did things like for the family. So she goes to the airport to pick up Max's mother's twin sister named Nina. Nina, Zena, and Dina. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> it's the name thing, you guys, every time. I know. But Nina and Dina are twins. So Nina, she picks up Nina, takes her directly to the hospital, then takes her luggage to Dina's house, back to the airport to get Jonah's friend, then back to the hospital. So she's just, you know, she's staying out of the hospital because she is, she knows that Dina is probably beyond livid. Yeah. Because little Max was on her watch. So she's just trying to do what she can to be helpful to the family. The next day was much like the previous. Max was still in the hospital. Rebecca was running the errands. She calls a dog sitter to come pick up the dog for a couple of days. She says, you know, my, my kid is hurt and I need somebody to watch the dog. So the dog sitter comes, picks up the kid, picks up the dog. She takes her sister to the airport to go home to Missouri. She probably can't just, you know, she needs, needs to like clear herself. Of- yeah these things. And then she picks up Jonah's brother, Adam Shacknai. Adam is a central character in this case. He's a tugboat captain from Memphis. And he was basically coming to console his brother and be with his nephew. I kind of got confused on how you're a tugboat captain from Memphis. I was thinking the same thing, but I didn't want to sound dumb. Maybe he's just from Memphis, but you know, actually I can, I think I can clarify this for you. Okay. Thanks. A lot of these like tugboat, first of all, being a tugboat captain in the marine industry, which my husband is, that's like pretty top of the line. Okay. Yeah. Those tugboat captains make a lot of money, like Mm -hmm. 300,000. Well, your grandpa was fancier than that. He was the harbor master. Yeah. He was a big deal. Anywho, those tugboat captains, they'll work like two weeks on, two weeks off, stuff like that. So they can kind of, and they're making a ton of money, so they can kind of live anywhere. Okay, Gretchy, you hit the nail on the head. Oh, That's exactly what he did. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. He would basically work a lot and then come home a lot. Cool. He was different than his brother. Like, he didn't marry. He had a... um a long-term girlfriend and he was, you know, captain of a boat and his brother was a pharmaceutical CEO. So they had different lives for sure. Um, but anyhow, he was coming in to be a supportive brother. So at the end of the day, Jonah, Adam, Rebecca, and one of Jonah's friends go to dinner after dinner. Jonah heads back to the hospital and then he goes to the Ronald McDonald house to sleep that night. Okay. And the friend goes on his way and Rebecca and Adam go back to the mansion. And around eight o'clock, Adam goes back to the guest house to sleep and Rebecca goes upstairs or 
into the to the main house. Now, we know a few things from here. From phone records, we see Rebecca has a very long conversation with her sister Mary sometime around 8:40, followed by a couple text messages to and from Mary and a couple more phone calls that were like a minute long. Um I don't know if that's, you know, we drop calls all the time. So I was just thinking maybe we sure do. Maybe it's just that our service kind of sucks. So AT&T got to get back and get me some more cell towers over yeah, here. Yeah, for real. For real. So she then gets a text from Nina's sister or Dina's sister, Nina, asking if she can stop by to discuss the incident. And Rebecca never responds to this text. Nina ends up coming over to the house and an eyewitness says that they saw Dina, but obviously we know that they're twins. So I think the eyewitness just made a mistake, not knowing that it was really Nina that was there. Um, Nina admits to being there and, you know, knocking on the door and seeing Rebecca's car in the driveway, but the lights were out and nobody came to the door. So she just left. We also know she got a phone message at 12. Well, she got a phone message and checked it or somebody checked it at 1250 and deleted it right away. Jonah claims that he called her at 1230 and left this voicemail that we're talking about saying that Max's injuries were getting worse and that he was basically going to succumb to his injuries. Mm. No one knows exactly what that message said. Um, it's kind of weird to leave something like that in a message. It is. And that's why I think it's questionable. Like, is that really what happened? What was on that message? Nobody knows. The police couldn't retrieve it. And so that's just a, a question. Now, the next thing we know is Adam comes out of the guest house at 630 in the morning to find Rebecca hanging from the balcony. This is where I got a little confused. It's not the balcony that little Max fell off of. It's an outside balcony that goes in between. It's in the courtyard that goes in between the main house and the guest house. Okay. Now, Rebecca is hanging from this balcony and she is bound and gagged. So she is bound by her feet. Her hands are behind her back bound. She has a gag around her mouth and she is hanging. Hanging like... Like there's a noose around her neck? A noose around her neck. Oh. Mm -hmm. So he grabs, he goes into the house, he grabs a knife and puts table underneath her to cut her down. He cuts her down and tries to administer CPR and then calls 911. And I'm going to input the 911 tape here so you can hear it. Emergency, what are you reporting? Yeah, uh, I, I got a girl hung herself in the guest house of uh, it's on Ocean Boulevard across from the hotel, same place that you came and got the kid yesterday. Okay, sir, what is the address? I'm not sure. Uh, 19, I'm in mean, the back house is 1928 something. Uh, I'm not sure. Let me call you back. Okay, sir, is she yeah. still alive? I don't know. Okay. Uh, sir, are you there? Uh, 
anything on Ocean Boulevard. Can you tell me what the address is? I'm looking. Just, call, just start sending them towards the, toward the hotel. Okay, I understand that. I just need the exact address. I can't help you until I have the address. because there are a few things that I think are strange on the call. So did you see anything that you thought was strange, Gretchy? Yeah, I thought it was weird that he said that I got a girl who hung herself. Like, obviously she didn't hang herself or she wouldn't have been tied up with a gag in her mouth. That seems weird. And also he couldn't, he didn't sound guilty to me though. No, he doesn't sound guilty to me either. He's huffing and puffing and running, trying to figure out like what the address is and what to do, what to do. Asking um, her if she's still alive. That's weird though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So these are the things that I think are a little strange in the call. Like you said, he says, I have a girl that hung herself and he says, I don't know if you caught it. He says, I have a girl. She hung herself from the guest house. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. And she's not in the guest house. She's actually in the main house. Oh, yeah. That's weird. That's weird. She also wasn't a girl. I mean, she was a woman and she was Jonah's girlfriend for a few years. So it's not like just some random person. Mm. I got a girl hung herself. I mean. It's just a little, it, I'm not saying that that means anything yeah. by any sense of the imagination. And then, like you said, like she says she hung herself, but she was tied and gagged. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't think that, I would think that's super suspicious right away. Yeah. Yeah. So they also said that these knots that were tied were nautical knots that she was tied with. Uh-oh, Adam Tugboat Captain. Adam Tugboat Captain knows how to tie nautical knots. But they also, some another one of somebody that looked over this said, yes, they were nautical knots, but they are also knots that a lay person would, could do. But you're uh, a nautical person, so you tell me. I'm not that good at the knot thing. I mean, I get scolded by my husband every time we tie a boat up, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I It is so second nature to someone that is nautical. 
Yes. Oh, and I'm not sure if I, I mentioned this, um, and this is a very key factor. I shouldn't say I got I get scolded by my husband. He just he doesn't scold me. He just redoes it. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you mean. Okay. She was naked. Oh. So she wasn't just bound and gagged. She was also completely naked, and she was outside. So this. So what's the question? They think that like she. The question is whether or not she was murdered or she did it to herself. Yeah, that's the question. Oh, no, she didn't. She got murdered. I'll tell you right now. Well, I would think so too. So I want to. Yes, I think so too. I mean, I don't know any woman that would want to be a public display naked committing suicide. It no. just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And she was bound. She was naked. And another thing, she was on her period. Oh, forget it. These things just women don't do. And also, so Rebecca was a very beautiful woman and she was self I don't want to say self-conscious. She was body conscious because she was a fitness buff. So okay. all of that to me, even though she had a great body, still doesn't, still, I just, I can't see it. I just don't. So the police arrive and they also think it's pretty suspicious. So they start doing an investigation and it gets even more weird. When they walk up into the house, they see on the door to the room where she was hanging from was a note that was painted on the door in black paint. Now, this room that she hung herself from, or if she hung herself, this room that she was hanging from is a room that she went and painted in often. Okay. So there was black paint and there was a paintbrush. And on the door, it said, she saved him. Will you save her? Okay. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it either. I mean, I know that Jonah kept telling Dina in the hospital that he should be happy or he should, he should be thankful to Rebecca because she saved Jonah. Oh or yeah. Cause she, she did CPR Max or something because she did CPR. Yeah. And at this point they didn't, know that Max was going to die. They just, they thought maybe he would get better, you know? Um, although that what Jonah says is he had called her at one point. Um, so all of these, all of these things are just, it's the pieces are not fitting into the puzzle. Yeah. He's saying he called her because they killed her. He wants her to think that he wants us to think she killed himself herself. Maybe, maybe that's what I think. So the black, the black paint and she saved him. Now will you save her? Okay. The writing, the writing is big and it's sloppy and something that I just think if a woman was to write it, especially a painter, it wouldn't be in these big block letters that are sloppy. It's also confusing though, because it's like, if they killed her, what they would write like some fake suicide note or something. Not like, I know that sounds like, like they're trying to make it look like a suicide, but it sounds like a killer came in. I know. And then they just left the paintbrush next to the bed. That Did they the check bro- it for fingerprints? I don't think so. Probably I'm not. I'm going to just tell you. The, the, the job was a little botched. Okay? Like they sometimes are. There was also a few blood stains on the carpet outside of the room that she was in. And 
drop of blood outside the shower. So the blood splatter isn't a lot, but enough to question. And from what they, they did look into the blood and it was menstrual blood. So now you're thinking, okay, she's going to get commit suicide. She's walking around naked, just bleeding out. Yeah, that's weird. Doesn't like no woman is going to do that. I just don't see it. There's also two knives near the blood. And one of the knife has blood all the way around its handle, like on all four parts of its handle, indicating that this knife was inserted into Rebecca. Okay. That's the only way that a blood would get all the way around. There was no fingerprints on this this knife, but basically they're saying maybe she was sexually assaulted with the handle of this knife because that's the only way that all that blood would get there. And she wasn't cut. Okay. So now they're also saying that she must have inserted this knife into herself. No, she didn't do that. Listen, if I was going to kill myself, that would like by hanging and I was on my period, I would have a tampon in and spanks on. I would not be doing this shit naked. Okay. Yeah, I know. I just, I mean, I think that's what most of America believes also like, and most women, right? You're like, this is just not possible. That's like, not, no woman yeah. is going to do this. No. So there was no fingerprints, like I said, on that knife, but there was a fingerprint on the bigger knife that was Rebecca's. And here are, I'm going to tell you a couple of things that the police found and tested. They tested those two knives, one with Rebecca's blood, no fingerprints. The other larger knife had Rebecca's fingerprints and two different DNAs on it, but the DNA amount was insufficient to determine any results. So they know there's right. two of them, but we don't know anything about the two people. The rope to tie Rebecca had only Rebecca's DNA on it. And this rope was, um, it was actually a tow rope for like skiing. So it was big and red. Okay. The blood spatter was Rebecca's DNA. We know that. There were toe impressions on the balcony and a footprint. But later the police say that the footprint was from them, was from an officer's boot. But the toe prints kind of did look like had it just been like her bound and like hopping over to the, to the edge. So what they're saying is that basically she tied herself up, hopped over, and then flung herself over the balcony. There was also DNA on the leg of the bed. That was Rebecca's. They tested the door handle to the balcony and there were no fingerprints, which door handles always have fingerprints. Yeah. So it almost seems like maybe it was like wiped clean. Yeah. There were also two sets of gloves found garden gloves on the table and black latex gloves in the crawl space. So police claim that both were tested and the garden gloves had two DNAs in them, but insufficient results again. Oh, because this guy has a lot of money. So he's paying everybody off. You think? Yeah, I think it happens all the time. You do. Yeah. Other people think that as well. Mm. So they also tested Rebecca herself. And although Adam claims to have cut her down and administered CPR, none of his DNA was found. Not even on the knife that he cut her down with, not on herself, and not on the rope that he must have touched to cut her down. Yeah. Right. 
The investigation also found a few notes on Rebecca's phone that were a little suspicious. And I'm going to tell you what she had wrote on her phone. So she says, I find myself not being able to sleep for the first time in my entire life. Now, when I close my eyes, my mind begins to race, thinking and brewing over many situations and trying to come up with a solution of some sort. Then one of the messages read, if I am not thinking, I am crying. And then another message wrote, no amount of money is worth what I'm going through. So those sound sad. Sad, but she's in a really sad situation right now. She is. She's definitely in a sad situation. And they also didn't say when those notes were written. And I don't know if they even know. So who knows? Like, you know, when you put notes on your phone. Yeah. On your yeah. Phone. What I need at Costco. So other than those notes, there's not any other signs for suicide, mental health, anything of that, that Rebecca ever talked about. But the police department still ruled Rebecca Zahau a suicide. Mm. And like you, Gretchy, Rebecca's family was not having it. Right. In their opinion, there was no way that Rebecca would ever commit suicide for one, because she was Christian. But also they're like, the sisters says, you know, I just talked to her. We had a normal conversation. Yes. She was distraught about Max, but it wasn't like suicidal. Yeah. Yeah. And then they also said she would never be so disgraceful to be nude, menstruating, hanging outside in public. Yeah, I get that. Then in Burma, they cover themselves up. Yeah. So they just said, no way. Yeah, no way. So, you know, the painting, they said the painting was in the third person. Why would she write that? So they hired, after all these things that they were thinking about, like the naked suicide and tying yourself up and then Having, you know, they said that she would have had to tie her hands in the front of her, then remove one hand, get it to the back of her, put it back into the rope to tie. She's not doing that. Okay, I don't think so either. So they hired a lawyer who would hire a forensic pathologist to look further into this case. They also hired a, a private investigator and they had her body exhumed and reexamined. Yeah, so here are some things that they found that make me wonder, and I know they're going to make you wonder also. So Rebecca had blunt force trauma to her head in four different spots on the top, and it looked like what the medical examiner said is like a fist or something hard and round, but didn't break the skin, just left bruises under her skin, hard enough to have had her go in and out of consciousness. Okay. So... That's interesting because it almost sounds like maybe she was hit over the head while she was before getting, he tied her up while she was getting out of the shower, maybe. Oh, you know, uh huh. That's why she's naked. That's why there's blood on right outside the shower. Yeah, uh, that's why she is, has these bruises on her head. Rebecca's neck also was not broken and no damage to her vertebrae were found on her neck. And 
I don't know if you know, but a lot of people that commit suicide from hanging actually die because they're, they break their necks upon the fall. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah. So she fell nine feet and there was no damage, which he thought was pretty much impossible. He thought even that she could have been decapitated or have an internal decapitation. And I think that just means all the like internal parts in your neck would be, be, um, Oh yeah. Taken apart, you know? Yeah. So he ruled her death of death by strangulation. So number three, the rope and the gag that was put around Rebecca's neck was on the outside of her hair. And this doesn't really mean anything, but as a woman, if something is around your hair, you generally try to automatically just kind of pull your hair out of it. Yeah. Right. So if the noose was around her hair, you would have thought that she would have taken her hands and just pulled her hair outside. Right. It's kind of a reflex that yeah. people with long hair. Have. I agree. Yeah. Her legs were also bent and weren't hanging straight, which is a signal that maybe she was dead before she was hung. Hmm. You know, because uh, yeah. rigor mortis starts to set in and you kind of, you start hardening upon death. Right. Um, and if she was hanging straight. Oh, yeah. Why weren't her legs straight? Why were right. they? They were forced into a bent position. Um, Marsha Clark also reported in her podcast that her lividity was on her back. And I'm not sure if you know what lividity is, because I don't think we've discussed it on our podcast before, but it's where blood pools upon somebody's death. I do know this because I've watched the Dexter. (laughs) Oh, I recommend. Oh yeah. I hear it's a good one. So anyhow, I haven't read this anywhere else, but, um, but in this podcast and I, I mean, I don't think that she would have any reason to not be telling the truth here, but if there is lividity, lividity on her back and not in her feet where it should be pulling, that means also that Rebecca died on her back and was put on her back for a while before her final, you know. So are we saying that Marsha Clark has gotten better? At solving crimes <laughs> since she lost that kind of big one. Oh, yes. She did lose the OJ one. She looks good. She, Have you seen her? Yeah, she does. She, look looks, she looks better she than clearly she did got in some that. work done, yeah. but she went to the like one of those Kardashian doctors oh, because maybe. she looks good. That'd be interesting because Robert Shapiro was also an OJ on the OJ trial. Yes. Or not Shapiro, but um yeah, Shapiro. Kardashian. Oh, Robert Kardashian. Kardashian. Oh my gosh. What do you know? What do you you call that? Is that a Freudian slip? Yeah. Like you didn't even know that you were talking about Marshall Clark and then the Kardashians. Yeah. Okay. So back to that. Rebecca also was only 26 inches off the ground. So when Adam on his 911 call and his, what he says is he brought over that table to cut her down, it 26 inches is two feet. I mean, it is real close to the ground. 
Yeah. So what they say is that basically him standing on the table trying to cut her down is maybe almost harder than him just standing as a normal person. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And there were a pair, so this is an interesting fact, there were a pair of women's panties in the guest house trash that were never tested. Police claim that Jonah had told them that they were his daughters who was staying there right before Adam got there. And so they just took it as fact. Ay, ay, ay. There also was a defense attorney on the crime scene, which seems very, very strange. Not if you're rich. That's the smart thing to do. Maybe so. Also, upon telling Dina, upon Jonah telling Dina that Rebecca had committed suicide in the hospital, Dina says that she was super shocked and asked Jonah, why would she do that? And this is what Jonah did. Jonah took his hands in like a fist and acted like he was stabbing himself in the stomach and said to Dina, Asian honor. Now, this is your girlfriend of a few years that just committed suicide. And this is what you say? Yeah, that's weird. It is so weird. Very, very strange to me. So all of this, you know, like after all this investigation and it's found that that she did this by suicide and everybody is up in arms and her family's up in arms, Jonah goes and requests the attorney general general to reexamine what happened in Rebecca's case, but they denied it. And like you said, maybe there was some... Payoff? Payoff. I don't know, but sounds... Yeah, I'm beginning to think. You know how you said this? He made $6 million that one year, but he living in a... We all know I'm obsessed with real estate. A 19,000 square foot house in Coronado Island, you'd have to be making more than $6 million a year. Oh, yeah. I think he was. I mean, that was just... So he must have had... He has like... Millions. Millions. Yeah, he has kill my girlfriend money. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. And you might just be right. Yeah. So in in May of 2013, Rebecca's family sued also to have the case reopened. And it was denied again. So in 2013, July of 2013, they filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Adam, Dina, and Dina's sister, Nina. And the trial actually didn't go until 2018. At this point, the sisters had been ruled out. So it was just Adam. They brought in all the evidence mentioned previously. And at the end of the trial, the jury, oh, at the end of the trial, they brought in this life-size mannequin that looked just like Rebecca, even down to her nail polish was painted the same as Rebecca's nail polish. Okay. I love and that. What? I love it when they do oh, dramatic. Yeah, it's dramatic. Stuff like that. You know, yeah. really, I think that's like the prosecution getting it. Yeah. And they played the 911 call. And I think that's just what sealed the deal. You know, they claim that Adam didn't act like someone who had just found his brother's girlfriend dead. And it was dramatic and it was sad. And I think the jury, the jury felt for them. 
And in a civil trial, you don't have to be found guilty beyond a a reasonable doubt. So it's easier to be found guilty. And the jury said he was guilty and he was ordered to pay $5.2 million. Chump change. To the Zahao family. Mo, this is Adam. This is the tugboat captain. Yeah, but his brother's paying it because his brother already paid everybody off. Oh, yeah. So it's also reported that he had a crazy amount of defense attorneys, like the best of the best defense attorneys. And somebody had said it was probably at least about $50,000 a day for his defense team. Yeah. Tugboat captain's not paying that money. No, no, no. He's not paying that. I think his brother's paying that for him. So his insurance actually settled with the family at $600,000 and which made Adam upset, he says, because he wanted to, you know, go back and say he didn't do it. And he's still claiming his innocence. So let me tell you another interesting fact that I came across uh, from the from Rebecca's family's attorney. He said he noticed in one of the crime scene photos that Rebecca's purse was open and like dumped out. And next to it was a can of Dr. Pepper, which, you know, I like the Dr. Pepper. Diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah, I like Diet Dr. Pepper. But, and then at, um, by the way, this can of Dr. Pepper was never tested in the crime scene photo. And at trial every single day, Adam had a Dr. Pepper. Oh, oh, creepy. I know. So you don't know. I mean, I think that there's so much evidence that wasn't tested, that was tampered with that. I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't. The, the Like I said before, the puzzle pieces are not fitting together. Something's not right. I started listening to Dr. Phil actually today had a podcast on this, but it's like a series, like his last gypsy one. Mm -hmm. So I just listened to the first part. And at the end of this today's episode, he says that he kind of made it seem like maybe there was somebody in the mansion that killed both of them. That killed Max and Rebecca. Yeah. I don't hate on that theory. Yeah. I don't either. And, and to me, it almost seems like with that weird writing, weird writing, there's 27 rooms in that place. Somebody could have been hiding Listen, there. Nobody, nobody, nobody needs a house that big. Okay. Nobody needs a house that big. That's stupid. And, but what if it was, what if it was somebody just that wanted it out for Joan, for Jonah? Yes. Right. Maybe. I mean, they killed the two most precious. Jonah probably did something really bad to that person. I'm just saying yeah. that he doesn't want to admit, so he can't point the finger at them. Yeah. Yeah. But he knows who did it. That's why he's got to get his brother off. That's why he's got to spend that much money on his defense. Yeah. And Nina and Dina also have said that they don't think that she committed suicide, that they do believe it's a murder, but they don't think that it was Adam. So... All of it is strange. I I hope that Dr. Phil has something that we have no idea what, and maybe he can solve this case. But from for now, it is unsolved. All right. Well, you let me know when that series is over because I can't with the week to week thing. 
Yeah, and I know. That's I why need we to binge. sum it up in like a short hour. Yeah, we wrap it up. We wrap it up. It's I, I made Gretchen listen to this other week to week podcast and it Oh my God. Cold. She, she almost killed me. It. It like the worst thing she's ever done to me. It was real creep. It was super creepy. It was super creepy and too long. We hope that uh, we're not super creepy to you. No, we're not. So anyways, hope you guys like our name change to Housewives of True Crime. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it kind of sums it up, right? Like we do carpool. We do cocktails. We talk crime. But it's long. But people get us more when you say Housewives. Yeah. Because we're not like, you know, super serial about it all. Yeah, we're We don't play spooky music. (laughs) We're not like that. Some people are. Some people are. And listen, and we listen to some of those podcasts. We but we're just but that's that. just not us. It's just not us. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please follow us on uh, Instagram. I'm going to change the name yeah. to Housewives of True Crime. And uh, if you're already following us, then don't worry about it because it'll already be changed. Yep. And you don't have to also do anything on your podcast because... Everything just is simplified. They've already figured that out because they listened. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Bye. Clink, clink. Bye.